Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Today for the meditation of the scriptures, let us open the Bible to Psalm 104. Psalm 104 is a beautiful hymn that celebrates the glory of God as the creator God and the one who sustains heavens and the earth. And the greatness of God is reflected in his creation as well. And we see that this beautiful world reflects the glory of God. And the psalmist talks about various attributes of God, like the greatness of God, like the goodness of God, the generosity of God, as well as the wisdom of God. While going through the psalm, one can recognize that the psalmist remembers the days of creation as is mentioned in Genesis chapter 1. And roughly he follows a similar pattern in covering the various subjects within the psalm. Roughly, the psalm can be divided into seven sections, and each of these sections reflects some particular aspect of nature of God. And man's response to that nature of God is to worship him and thank him and bless his holy name. Let's read from verses 1 to 4, where the psalmist focuses on praising the Lord of glory. He says, Bless the Lord, O my soul. The Lord my God, you are very great. You are clothed with splendor and majesty, covering yourself with light as a garment. We see here that the psalmist is praising God because he is very great. He is clothed with splendor and majesty. He covers himself with light as with a garment. And when we recognize that this was the initial design with which God had created man to be partaker of this very same glory, but man through sin had lost it. And now we come to the state of man as we are, the sinful man. And yet the fact is God is clothed with glory and it is to that glory that God wants to elevate the state of man through the process of redemption. Verse 2 says that he stretches out the heavens like a tent. For God creating the heavens and the earth was a simple matter as though he was just putting together a tent. And he says here in verses 3 and 4, the very fact that all the elements of nature, all the forces of nature are under his control and he makes even the elements and the forces of nature as his servants. They are all serving him. They are all subject to his lordship. Wherever we go, we see that mankind has got a tendency to worship the forces of nature. But what we should be rather doing is we should give glory to God, worship him who created heavens and the earth and who controls and contains all the powers of nature within himself. When we come to the next section of the psalm, verses 5 to 9, we understand that God is the creator of earth and the psalmist introduces us to the fact that he is the one who set the earth on its foundations. And he says here, he sets the earth on his foundations that it can never be moved. He covered it with deep as with the garment and water stood above the mountains. At the rebuke of God, they fled. At the sound of your thunder, they took to flight. Mountains rose, valleys sank deep down to the place that you appointed for them. And you set a boundary that they may not pass so that they might not again cover the earth. We see here that God is the one who created the earth. He is also the one who created the order out of the chaos that earth was. And that creation work is clearly displayed here. If in the first section of the psalm, the theme is that of the glory of God, in the second section of the psalm, we see the order of God and the harmony of God that is shining forth in his creation. We see in Genesis chapter 1, as the spirit of God was brooding over the empty, wasteful place that earth was, life was created out of that, order was brought forth from that. And that is the work of God that needs to continue in our life as well. When we look at our lives and when we see chaos in our life, we can worship a God who can make order out of that chaos and bring forth life from that desolation. 
Another aspect that we understand when we read verses 7 and 8 is that when he rebuked the nature, the elements, they fled and the sound of his voice, they took to flight. We realize that everything is under the command of God. Everything is subject to God's lordship. And verse 8 says, the mountains rose and the valleys sank down to the place that you appointed for them. God is the one who appoints all things on earth and we need to take that as an indication of the sovereignty of God and that should bring a lot of peace into our heart. He says here in verse 9, you set a boundary that they may not pass so that they may not again cover the earth. God is the one who sets the boundaries for everything. Even the various trials and temptations and tests that may happen in our life are under the sovereignty of God. And he is the one who keeps the bounds for all this. And the believer may rest assured in that knowledge, knowing that there is a God who controls every situation in his life. In the beginning of the section of the psalm, the psalmist says, he sets the earth on its foundation that it should never be moved. The fact is, earth will never be moved. And yet the Lord says, even the heaven and earth may pass away, but the word of God shall stand and abide forever. And he that abides in the word of God shall live forever. Dearly beloved, how important it is that we should reverence the word of God, that we should respect and abide and live by the principles of the word of God, that we may be found to remain on that day. And when we come to the next section of the Psalm, that is Psalm 104 verses 10 to 18, we see God as the sustainer of life. He is not just a creator God, but he compassionately intervenes in the purposes of his creation and he sustains lives forevermore. And we see that very important aspect in our own lives as well. He is not just a God who created us, but he is the God who makes us, he forms us, he sustains us and he carries us through the life and he makes us stand in his presence in glory. And again in verses 10 to 18, we see God as the sustainer of life. When we look carefully in verses 10 to 12, he talks about the springs in the valley for life, the water that he gives that becomes the life for his creation. And verses 13 to 15, it says that he gives the food for all of life. The food that he provides becomes the food for his creation to live. And he says here in verses 16 to 18, the fact that he is the one who makes the dwelling places for the people to live in. For all these three things in our life, the water, the food and the shelter that we have, we are to be thankful to him because it is his gracious provision that he has given to his creation. The psalmist says in verses 10 to 12, he is the one who makes the springs come forth in the valleys. They flow between the hills. He is the God who graciously and compassionately gives water even to the wild animals in the field so that they may continue to live. Even the wild donkeys, they are quenching their thirst because the Lord is giving them waters. And among them, he says in verse 12, even the birds of the heaven dwell and they sing from among the branches. In verses 13 to 15, we see that he is the God who gives food for all forms of life. In verse 13, he says he waters the mountains so that the fruit may continue to come from there and the earth is satisfied with the fruit of your work. And he says in verse 14, he causes the grass to grow for the livestock and the plants for man to cultivate so that he may bring forth food from the earth. The picture of the food chain is also mentioned there and he is the one who gives food not just to the bees in the field but also for mankind to eat and consume and sustain his life. He says here in verse 15, he is the one who brings wine and oil and bread to man. All the beautiful dainties of creation is given to mankind so that he, his life can be sustained. He is the one, God is the one who gives him wine and food and oil to make his face shine. 
Of course, all these things are emblematic of the various graces that God supplies in our lives. Not just the physical grace that he has given through the form of the food, but also the spiritual grace that he has given us in the form of his precious salvation. He is the one who gladdens the hearts of men. He is the one who makes our face shine in his presence. He is the one who strengthens our heart. And for that, we have to be deeply thankful to God. In verses 16 to 18, we see that God appoints for each of his creation a particular place to live. He causes the trees to grow in abundance and we find that the birds can come and build their nests in them. And we see that the high mountains are given for even the wild goats and the rocks are a refuge for the rock badgers. For every person, we see here that God has given a habitation. For every part of his creation, there is a dwelling place that God has appointed. And there, in all this, the way he is sustaining life by giving us the food and the water and the dwelling places, we see the great mighty wisdom of God. In verses 19 to 23, we are introduced by the psalmist to the God of time and seasons. The psalmist says he is the one who made the moon and the sun and he is the one who keeps the time for everything. And he is the one who makes the darkness and the light. And he is the one who makes sure that the sun rises and uh, it sets down as well. He is the one who controls the cycle of life of mankind as well. When we recognize that God is the God of creation and when we recognize that he is the one who sustains our life and when we recognize that he is the one who ordained seasons and times for us, as Paul says in Acts chapter 17 verses 24 onwards, we come to the realization that we need to worship him as our God. In Acts chapter 17 verses 24 to 27, Paul writes this, the God who made the world and everything in it, being the Lord of heaven and earth, does not live in temples made by man, nor is he served by human hands as though he needed anything, since he himself gives to all mankind life and breath and everything. He made from one man every nation of mankind to live on all the face of the earth, having determined allotted periods and the boundaries of their dwelling place that they should seek God in the hope that they may feel their way towards him and find him, yet he is actually not far from us. Paul says here, when we recognize the fact that God is the creator God and God is the sustainer God and God is the God who ordained times and seasons, he says here, the purpose for which he reveals all these things to you is so that we may feel our way towards him, that we may seek God and we may actually come to him and find him because he has not separated himself away from us. He sends us the beautiful gospel of Jesus Christ that reveals the way, the truth and the life to us so that we may find him and that we may that we may live in him and it doesn't matter what times we are going through maybe difficult maybe pleasant it doesn't matter what seasons we may be going through in our life god is the god of time and seasons and that needs to encourage us in finding that hope in him because he is the sovereign god he's in control and he will surely bring all things to pass according to his word and his precious promises to his people in Psalm 104 verses 24 to 26, the psalmist looks back on the various things that he has meditated from verse 1 till verse 23. And then he comes to worship God, recognizing the manifold ways in which his works are manifested and the wisdom that he has demonstrated, that God has demonstrated through all the various works of his. We are introduced there to the God of all creatures. And he says in verse 24, O Lord, how manifold are your works in wisdom. Have you made them all? The earth is full of your creatures. 
Here is the sea, great and wide, which teems with creatures innumerable, living things both small and great. We need to understand that God is the God of all of creation. All creatures, great and small, are created by Him. And that needs to give us a lot of comfort because He created mankind in His own image and likeness and He made Him different from the rest of creation. And He gave them the charge and the dominion over the rest of His creation. While mankind may have lost His dominion, through Christ Jesus, we are able to come back into that position. And in the end time, when the Lord returns, once again, the humanity will be raised to the level that God desired for it in the beginning, in the creation. And it shall come to fulfill the purpose for which mankind was made. His sovereignty over creation is demonstrated once again in verse 26, where he says, The Leviathan, the great beast of the sea, even those are created for playing in the sea. Now we come to the next section of the psalm, that is Psalm 104 verses 27 to 30, where the psalmist introduces God as the God of life and death. He says here, they all look to you to give them their food in due season. When you give it to them, they gather it. When you open your hand, they are filled with good things. When you hide your face, they are dismayed. When you take away their breath, they die and return to their dust. When you send forth your spirit, they are created and you renew the face of the ground. Here the emphasis is on all, where the psalmist says everybody, everything is actually looking to God to give them the food in due season. And when God gives it, he also gives them the wisdom to gather it up and store. And when he opens the hand, they are filled with good things. Every good thing that we have is a blessing from God who is the creator and who is the sustainer and who compassionately provides for his creation. We are so dependent on him that the psalmist says, when you hide your face, they are dismayed. Today, dearly beloved, when we experience the favor of God, when we experience that fellowship with God, we are happy, we are pleasant, we are in great joy and peace because God's face is shining down upon us. However, when he hides his face for a season, we experience a dismay in our heart. And he says here, when you take away their breath, they die. That's, it's as simple as that. How does a person die? When God takes away his breath, he dies. It's as simple as that. No one can ha harm a person. It is the Lord who gives life. It is the Lord who takes away that life. And when you send forth your spirit, they are created. Creation happens because of the spirit of God hovering on us. Creation happens. Creative work in our life happens when the Holy Spirit is sent into our life. We see that not just reflected in creation, but also in the process through which we are born again and made alive to God. That is because of the creative work of God working on us. The reasonable response of a child of God is when he recognizes that, Lord, we need your face to shine down upon us. Our daily grace we need, without which we just die. We are so dismayed when you do not shine your face upon us. Do not take away the Holy Spirit away from us. And that becomes the prayer of a dear child of God. Lord, let your favor continue to be bestowed upon your children. Lastly, when we come to the verses 31 to 35, the psalmist concludes in almost what forms a doxology to this entire psalm. And he says here, the very purpose of man is that he may recognize God in his various forms, through his various works, through his various natures. And in recognizing all these activities and works of God in his life, he may subdue himself to God's presence, that he may bow down before God, that he may worship him and that he may please him. 
verse 31 to 35 says may the glory of the lord endure forever may the lord rejoice in his works who looks on the earth and it trembles who touches the mountains and they smoke the personal decision of the psalmist is reflected in verses 33 to 34 and that is one that is good for all of us to respond to god who is such a gracious and compassionate and loving god he says I will sing to the Lord as long as I live I will sing praise to my God while I have been may my meditation be pleasing to him for I rejoice in the Lord dearly beloved the Lord is a Lord who rejoices in his creation he is a God who rejoices in knowing that there are people who are worshiping him he looks up down upon the children of men and he sees their acts he sees their hearts and he is pleased with the people who turn to him and who worship him who sing to the Lord who sing praises to him and who meditates upon the lord's goodness and who rejoices in the lord the psalmist ends in verse 35 by saying let sinners be consumed from the earth let the wicked be no more bless the lord o my soul praise the lord the desire of the psalmist is that all of creation should bow down to god and worship him and magnify his holy name but somehow in that harmonious and beautiful picture of everybody coming and worshiping before the lord there is one particular aspect a blot that needs to be removed from creation and that is why the psalmist says let the sinners be consumed from the earth let the wicked be no more and surely as we are in the period of grace god gives us the opportunities us the sinners and the wicked people the opportunities to turn to him and to receive his precious salvation however if we reject that offer of god if we reject that gracious hand of god in our life through the gospel of jesus that is sent to us then all that we can wait for is for god to remove the wickedness from this earth and as we read in the book of revelation there will be a day when all of sin shall be cast away when the devil himself shall be thrown into a pit and all of creation shall be redeemed from the very presence of sin itself and the psalmist hopes and prays that that day is going to come very soon may the lord come very soon and cleanse the earth from all the presence of evil and cleanse us from all the presence of evil so that we can stand glorified in his holy presence may the lord continue to bless us and help us through the meditation of these scriptures